So it's uh, Joshua chapter 1, we're reading verses 1 to 11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross, in, you'll cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Here ends the reading. Well, good morning. It's great to be sharing and actually to be back here after, I think, uh, many, many years. So um, it's good to be able to share with you this morning. And uh, certainly do uh, stand with Keith and Viv uh, in their time away. It's... Uh, some rather daunting, isn't it, to, to look at what they're looking at. So we do continue to pray for them. Thank you, too, for your prayers for AIM. And um, whilst it'd uh, be lovely to spend a lot of time talking to you about the things God is doing, um, we really don't have that time this morning. But I do thank you for your prayers. Before we get looking at the Word of God, the children's talk this morning, and particularly that last Bible reading, prompted a thought in my mind, that uh, relates to actually Caleb's grandmother. Caleb's grandmother and I were sitting on the seawall uh, down at, um, at Wollongong one day, and uh, Dorothy said, oh, I'm going to miss the sea. I don't like the fact that it's not, <laughs> there'll be no sea. You remember the reading in Revelation? No more sea. But, of course, for Israel, the sea was a fearful thing. And... Um, but that, that so that was just a memory that I have that was triggered this morning. We don't know what it will look like, do we? I want to talk to you this morning about the challenge of persevering in the way of our Lord Jesus Christ or continuing. Persevering is a, a big word, but 
simply to continue faithful within with all of the changes that are happening around us. And we've had a lot of changes in the last few years. And let me suggest to you, we're going to always have change and it's going to keep happening and maybe with more speed than we can cope with. And I think the older we get, the less we cope with those changes. But how are you and I going to keep strong if we are going to face these challenges? Thinking back to today being Palm Sunday, as we often name it, that marks a, a time of change for Jesus. Think about it. There's a big crowd of people. They're with Jesus as he's going up to Jerusalem and he gets on a donkey and they start saying, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, the King's coming. But it's only a few days later that I think many of those same people are saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. That's the sort of challenge that we face sometimes, isn't it? The change. One moment, support. Another moment, opposition. Sometimes ask the question of myself, why is it that people can and do move from claiming to follow Jesus but then turning around and walking away from him, having nothing to do with it? And throughout my years of ministry, I've, I've seen it many times, even people with, within um, significant leadership roles in the church, pastors, all sorts of people, elders, Sunday school teachers, people who have significant roles in the church have turned their back on, on Jesus. Even my own brother who made a profession of faith as a young man and um, played organs in the days when organs were, were really quite um, prominent and he's turned his back and I have no, re no understanding why. Turned his back on the things of the Lord. And we probably all know somebody like that. Well, to try and help us to deal with that, let us think about Joshua because he's right in a situation of change. There's a real massive change happening. They've just had a funeral service. Moses is dead. And Israel is faced with the challenge of the loss of the leadership and the command to go into a new country, into a, across the Jordan, which is, by the way, is in flood, and to cross that Jordan and to possess that land. Now, that's going to involve a lot of hardship. It's going to involve war and battle and, and all sorts of things. How are they going to manage? How's Joshua going to manage? Well, Remember, the context of the story is God's promise. You will be my people and you, I'm giving you a land. I'm doing this. Listen to me. This is my doing. And so 
as it's come time to for that promise to be fulfilled in Israel, they need a new leader, and God appoints Joshua to replace Moses. Now, we understand that Joshua was a man who was well prepared for that task. He'd been trained. God had prepared him. He'd been trained in all sorts of situations. And God never wastes any of our circumstances and situations because that's part of his training of us to walk with him. So Joshua was involved in some of the early warfare, even not long after they came out of uh, of Egypt, as a general leading the army. But we also see him up on Mount Sinai when God gives to Moses the Ten Commandments. He's with Joshua when they come down the mountain and and Moses in anger at the the people's sin and their worship of the golden calf throws down those uh, tablets. Joshua's there. Joshua is with Moses in the tent of meeting when God is talking to him, when God is talking to Moses. So there are all these experiences Joshua has But now God is saying to him, I want you to lead these people into the promised land. And the question is, how is he to keep strong? How will he keep from turning back? Well, obviously God has spoken to him. He's heard the voice of God. God has continued to reveal himself to him. And God has given him words of encouragement. He said, I will be with you. But he also gives him words of instruction. You see, the main way that Joshua is going to remain strong is not by just hearing the voice of God, but it's by that written word of God. The instructions are there. The written word is there. God had directed Moses to write down many things, which, of course, we now have in our Bible as the first five books of our Bible. That was what God instructed Moses to write down. Joshua had that. And then we now we find that Joshua has this command from God to keep reading it, to keep understanding it. Look at verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips or in your mouth, depending which translation you you have, always have it there. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. How's God going to be with him? 
strongly through that word. Meditate on it. Read it out loud, I think, is what is meant by the on your lips or in your mouth. Make it clear in your thinking so that it permeates your life. It must dominate your life, Joshua. You see, it's not a legalistic, I've got to read the Bible every day. It's, I want to read the Bible every day. I want to know what God is saying to me. I want to grow in grace and godliness. I want to be strong for whatever God has for me. It's the written word of God that continues to be for us the way to keep persisting and growing in the way of Christ and walking faithfully in his way. Joshua was challenged to serve in the kingdom of God, to be a leader in that case. But we are all challenged to be servants of the kingdom of God, not all as leaders out the front, but we're all part of the work of the kingdom of God if we belong to Christ. And it's not just, as I said, about being a leader like a Joshua, because as we see now in the New Testament, it is a body ministry. We are all part of the body of Christ. We all have gifts and abilities and strengths and weaknesses, but we all need each other and we all have something to share in the work of the kingdom of God. And there are a vast array of ways we can't uh, ways of serving. We can't um, take time to look at those, but some of them are specifically in the church, like teaching Sunday school or, or teaching scripture in the local school or serving tea or coffee at morning tea or mowing the lawn or helping your neighbour down the street, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe they need a meal or something. They're all, there's a multitude of ways in which we are serving in the kingdom of God. And sometimes we don't even realise we're doing it. There are other times that we are serving in the kingdom of God that has nothing apparently to do with the church. We're out at work, we're at school, all of those things. But that is part of being the work of the kingdom of God, because we are serving Christ in those things. We're working to honour Christ, to do the best we can for the work of, of, that we're involved in as a demonstration of what it means to follow Christ. And so as we serve in the kingdom of God, it can be costly can cost us emotionally, it can cost us financially, it could even cost us health-wise employment. We could lose a job if we're faithful to Christ. We could even face martyrdom. And whilst that hasn't been a major feature of the church in Australia, there has been at least one Aboriginal Christian that I know of that, was, that died for his faith in, in this country. So it could well happen again in the future. We don't know what the future will hold, but the challenge for us is how do we keep going with all of that pressure, those changes, those, those challenges and those costs? Well, I think Peter is also a great help for us here. 
because Peter reminds us that um, he has heard the very voice of God addressing Jesus. That's what part of what he talks about in the early verses that we read there. <clears throat> and um, Peter is clear that he's heard that. Um, sorry, that was a bit later on in what we didn't read. Um, for he says, Peter says in verse 16, we did not follow cleverly devised stories that we told you about when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honour and glory from the Father when the voice came to him from the, from, um, the majestic, majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. So take notice of Peter. He was there with Jesus. He heard the voice of God. And what is he saying? He's saying we have everything we need for life and godliness. Where do we have it? We have it here in the Bible. That's what he's emphasising and that's what unfolds in, in what he, if we'd kept reading, we would see that quite clearly. You see, it's really not mystical experiences that um, make us strong as Christians. It's reading the word of God and trusting the Holy Spirit to make that word clearer, to captivate us, to enable us to change, to, to help us to see how we are to change. As Peter says, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance and to perseverance mutual affection and to mutual affection love. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you will keep from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will keep, you could also add, from falling away, from drifting away, from turning your back, on the Lord Jesus Christ so that you won't be like those people on Palm Sunday or not Palm Sunday but the subsequent week having declared Christ as king but then said crucify him, crucify him. I don't want him anymore. So Peter is calling us to that vibrant faith, not a, a formal legalistic participation in the life of the church, but one that is engaging in, in God, engaging in the, his words so that we know him and walk with him in truth and in faith. Joshua was a servant who was trained, commissioned, and encouraged to be faithful. How? By keeping at the word of God. And we've, we see in the New Testament that many people turned their back on Jesus. Even his disciples fled in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was arrested. But our Lord has established his church and continues. And even though some fall away, he is building his church. He is calling every one of us, you and me, to continue in the faith, to continue to grow and to be strong.
because God is at work in our world. In Australia, we might feel discouraged and think the church is not doing well. Around the world, it is, it's growing dramatically. But it's also, I think, growing in Australia from a point of being purified because it's becoming clearer what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow Christ, because those who are not genuine in that relationship will increasingly turn their back and walk away. So the church is being purified through that challenge. The word of God is given to us as the most important means through the work of the Spirit, but through the Word of God and the Spirit of God, that is the most important means to keep us true to our Lord Jesus as we look at that Word, as we grow in that Word, as we get to know it and let it permeate our lives. May God give you grace to continue doing that. Let's pray. Our Father God, as we... um, have spent these few moments this morning thinking about your word. It is our deep desire that your word would permeate our lives, that we would meditate on it, we'll think about it, that it won't just be a cursory reading, but we will want to understand your voice to us through that word, that your spirit would enlighten us as we read and through his work in us that we might grow and be more like Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen.